Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org slash healthy living. Hi, I'm Anna Marie Cox. Welcome to With Friends Like These. Tig Notaro is a comedian who's done stand-up specials for HBO, Netflix, and Showtime. She's been the subject of a documentary, the star of a series. She has a role on Star Trek Discovery. She's producing and directing, and she's the veteran of multiple podcasts. Most recently, Don't Ask Tick, an advice show with, as she notes in our interview, an easy out if she feels she can't actually be of much help. She is also, as I learned in our conversation, one of the most well-balanced and resilient people I've ever talked to. She didn't give me a lot of advice directly, but I really hope I absorbed some of her ability to shrug off self-doubt and worry and focus on experiencing life to the fullest degree possible, though I'm not sure I could keep up with her. Tig Notaro, coming right up. Tig, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. There are a lot of ways I could describe you. You have two current podcasts. You're a stand-up comedian. You act, you write, you direct, produce. I saw at one point you had a philosophy podcast. Is that correct? Oh, uh, I mean, I guess if if you want to call it that, it wasn't really. It was just me and a couple of friends okay. that were talking about things we didn't understand. All right. And I also see that you will be starring in a zombie heist movie as a sexy helicopter pilot. Maybe sexy to some, <laughs> likely not sexy to most. But yeah, I'll be in it. Um, both of your podcasts started during the pandemic, right? They did. Um, the uh, po- the podcast Tig and Cheryl True Story, which is a documentary podcast, I had just met with my friend Cheryl Hines, who is my co-host, right before the pandemic to start that podcast. And then the pandemic happened and we thought, well, isn't this perfect? But I do notice like when you refer to yourself, you do usually describe yourself as a stand-up comedian. Is that right? Um, one million percent. I do a lot of things, but I would say the the one thing that I feel comfortable calling myself is a stand-up comedian. When I know that I've been on interviews on TV and they'll maybe put actor or writer or director or something under my name and I always kind of... <laughs> it rattles me a little bit because I really don't identify as any of that stuff. A lot of the stuff you do seems really fun. Like it's stuff that I would think that I would want to do for fun. Um, 
is are you having fun on all this stuff? Like you said, some of it you have to step into. Is there any of this stuff that you're just doing for money? I would say I'm absolutely having fun. There's roads that I've gone down where I've stopped and thought, well, I'm certainly glad I have this experience. I don't think it's going to happen again because I don't think that it's really my thing. And, uh, or maybe I'll revisit it in a different, in a different light or, uh, with different people or something, and maybe it'll look different or more appealing or less appealing, but I always go back to stand up podcasting. I, I feel like that feels good to me similarly to, to stand up, but I would never introduce myself as an actor. I've only recently gotten around to saying that I'm a podcaster. It feels like a punchline, um, more than a, um, job. I, I don't know why, but, um, well, everybody has one. Yes, right? that's right. Um, cause I, you know, what always comes into my head is the joke. Like, what do you call, um, like a group of three white guys, a podcast, like, mm-hmm. and yeah. I, yeah, <laughs> I just, I keep coming back to that. And, uh, I don't know. It's expanding a bit from there. But, but oh, yeah. definitely. You're definitely. basically three white guys. It sounds to me like some of what you're doing maybe is being guided by curiosity more than just pure fun. How, but how do you pick what you want to do? Like the world is your oyster, apparently. Like you've got a lot of options here that you could be doing. Well, I really try to choose things that really do not only appeal to me, but that are potentially positive to other people in the world. Um, Even if it comes down to something as basic as just being humorous. Um, Yeah. So there, there are, there are many things I've passed on and and not done. Cause you didn't think it would be helpful to the world or myself. Hmm. or or my family I, I think that's what the 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 pandemic has been helpful in doing is um is trying to help me sift through what i do with my time a lot of people have had trouble being productive and there's been i think an interesting conversation around productivity you know during the pandemic like do you consider what you've been doing as being productive or do you think of it as like, like you were saying, like putting good out into the world, which is a, a shift of perspective that might be helpful to a lot of people. Well, I, I think it's all of it. And I, I do feel like I've been productive, but also in ways of just finally having the time to really go through my entire house and garage. And, and it's really something I've wanted to do for years. And I did that during the pandemic. And I have wanted to get a certification in plant-based nutrition. And I did that. And I wanted to spend time with uh, my family, concentrated time. And I did that. And um, I wasn't seeking 
jobs actively because I really did feel like being locked down at home until there was a better understanding of the virus was best. But once I started to understand it better and how I could keep myself safe, then I was more open to uh, taking up job offers that appealed to me. But there hasn't been a lot of stand-up comedy during the pandemic. How has the pandemic affected that, which is your number one, you know, identification? Well, it was interesting because for about the first year of the pandemic, I kept saying that um, my career is over and uh, (laughs) Stephanie would laugh at me. And I would say, but it, it is. I mean, it, it, it could come back. It, it could change. But why do you think I'm home all the time? Um, so it was, you know, it was, and it has been, it continues to be an interesting time. I, I still have no plans to do stand up until things are much more, um, till things are safer for me and everybody else. And so I'm not one of the people that are chomping at the bit to just get out the door as soon as it's possible. Cause I still feel like live performance is it. There's just a trickier element to it. So I'm, I'm willing and able to wait until possibly next year to do it. Do you think that's going to affect your performance? It might, um, but I'm also uh, willing to let that affect my performance uh, over letting it um, affect my health or other people's health. And that's just how I feel. But I also, I, I feel like podcasting has been helpful for me to um, just I'm I'm still writing and writing thoughts down and, um, and, uh, my wife and I are very creative together. And I think it's just really keeping that, um, that mindset going of, um, welcoming the creation of an expression of comedy to continue. Yeah, I was going to ask if there's something about the actual performance of stand-up that is a muscle that needs to be exercised. Like if there's a king of comedy situation that has to happen in people's basements where they're performing for a bunch of cutouts. Um, I take it that that's not, not your theory. I don't know. I mean, I feel like over the years, my comedy has evolved and shifted to a little more conversational. And, um, and so I really just, whenever I get on stage, take that with me in trying to remember that I'm having a conversation with this room of people. It's a one-sided conversation, but it's, um, it's very conversational. So, and I don't, I don't really do, you know, just my, my delivery and my, my comedy style. And I, I don't really do much more than talk to people. Um, so I just have to have faith that, uh, I'll be able to return 
and sharpen my skills quickly. I hope. And if not, then I had a great run. God, you have such an amazing attitude. I I would like to sample it and see if I can grow it in a lab. You know, I I, I genuinely really want to get back to stand up, but I also genuinely feel like if I get back out on stage and I'm terrible at it, I had a stellar run, but I also secretly think I'll be able to bounce back. So I'm not too worried about it. I I presume you'll be able to, too, because I wanted to get to talking about your podcast. Um, you know, don't ask Tig. It's an advice podcast. And I have been listening to it. And it turns out you're a really good interviewer. Like I don't and it's I, I've made the connection in my head. It's because your your comedy is conversational, probably. But like I listened to the Andrew Yang episode and you managed to get something out of Andrew Yang that I hadn't heard before, which is a testament to your skill. I don't know if 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 you if I can even give you an idea of how impressive it is as a political journalist who has to listen to like all these people being interviewed over and over and over and over. Like I thought I'd I'd gotten his shtick down pretty well. But you kind of took him to some interesting places. What did I, what exactly did I get out of him? I thought the conversation you had about autism and introversion um, was pretty intimate. You know, uh, I hadn't heard him talk about that before. So what happened with me um, was that my extroversion circuits would get completely blown out in any given day uh, or week. And then I would come home and I'd be a zombie. And so my wife uh, being a rock star uh, and uh, supportive actually understood that, okay, like I, I wasn't going to be in position to uh, entertain, uh, to socialize, to be someone who is mm-hmm. going to hold up my end of a fairly normal standard conversation. <laughs> you know, yeah. the time I was back. And not necessarily the whole thing, like, you know, some of it he was sharing about like the book he read, which, you know, it's, it, it's a book I've heard of before, but it was more the vulnerability of maybe it's a vulnerability that comes when you are giving others, someone else advice. There's a certain kind of opening that you have to do because it was in the context of offering some advice to someone who was autistic and felt overwhelmed. Well, I feel like Andrew has pretty much presented himself as a very open person, you know, and I I feel like that hand in hand with, I also have had people in my life that are autistic and, um, and just knowing that it's not taboo to talk about and, and it should be talked about and, uh, yeah, I kind of didn't really think twice about the conversation or or the way we went about it. So I'm glad it resonated. I think that there is a little bit of a if I you know I can spot three. It's a trend. I think comedians. I, I there's a fair number of comedians who are good at interviewing people. You know, uh, Conan O'Brien, David Letterman, you. I was wondering if you have a thought about 
why that might be, like what the skill set of stand-up comedy or comedy in general and interviewing people, like what those might have in common? I think there's not too much that comedians haven't discussed um, with, it's, it's, it's a world that you're living in and working in and everything is on the table for discussion and for potential humor and comedy. And so um, there's just a fearlessness, even if you, whether you present a fearlessness on stage or not, that's clear to people, there's still a fearlessness of taking your thoughts onto that stage, that platform and sharing it. And, um, and I think that there's a certain filter that goes away where you just, you want to get into it. You want to discuss things. You want to talk about it. You want to share what you think. You want to know what they think. And a lot of times it's without any offense. And that's a real, I'm so thankful for that element of comedy because I see people around me so scared to talk about things or (laughs) one of the things that amuses me over and over is when somebody will come up and apologize after for something they said or did. And I don't even remember or know what they're talking about. It's because it's something they're holding on to so deeply and tightly that it took them so much to say to me or to maybe um, uh, attack me in some way. And it didn't even affect me because I, 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 I didn't, I didn't even, uh, I'm hanging out with comedians. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like what? I'm sorry. You said what to me? No, I didn't even, I wouldn't even, that wouldn't even bother me. And also we're all the heroes of our own story. Right. So like, it's a little bit, no one spends as much time thinking about you as you do, you know? So that's something I try to keep in mind, but I confess, like, I'm much more like those people that sit around and, and ruminate on, on something I might've said or done wrong. Hmm. I have moments like that where I think, oh gosh, did I overstep or did I do something or, but it has to be on a level that really rattles me because in general, not that I am not thinking about people or considering feelings, but it's just a different world after you've spent almost 25 years like I have in the comedy world and where anything goes good or bad. And so I don't know. Jumping in to jump out with some ads. With Friends Like These is brought to you by Best Fiends. Now, I have a lot of comfort reading that I do. Uh, H.P. Lovecraft, Stephen King. Um, But you know what? Sometimes I kind of push myself and I go to new classics. I've been reading this book, Mexican Gothic. It's the best version of a classic, you know? Things have come a long way since we were kids. And it seems like we get more instant classics every year. And you know what else is an instant classic? Best Fiends the top-rated mobile puzzle adventure app. Best Fiends has a world full of lovable characters, thousands of levels, and more content that gets added all the time. I can check my phone almost any time and there's more levels. Now, 
What I like about it is that it's kind of a chill game. I mean, it moves pretty fast, but you're not like, you know, like you don't move your thumbs real fast and you're not competing against other people. You're competing against yourself and no one dies. That's what I really like about it. No one dies. With Best Fiends, there's something new every day and tomorrow and the day after that. There's literally thousands of levels to play and counting, plus tons of cute characters to collect. So if you never get tired of solving puzzles, good news. With Best Fiends, the fun never ends. Download Best Fiends free today on the Apple App Store or Google Play. That's friends without the R. Best Fiends. With Friends Like These is brought to you by Drops. We're doing more cleaning than ever before, but it's hard to find eco-friendly cleaning products that actually work. Check out Drops, the laundry and dishwasher detergent pods that everyone is talking about. With over 10,000 five-star reviews, you'll see in no time how great their products are. Drops delivers powerful cleaning from nature with plant and mineral-based formulas to your door in low-waste cardboard packaging instead of plastic containers that end up in our oceans and landfills. Sign up for auto shipments of Drops laundry pods and dishwasher pods to save big. You can pause, skip, or cancel anytime. Use code FRIENDS for 25% off your first order. That's Drops with two P's. Check out their custom cleaning solutions for every need. Visit Drops.com, enter FRIENDS, and get 25% off your first order today. With Friends Like These is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. You probably upgraded a few things around the house after being stuck inside. It makes sense. Now it's time to turn your yard into a paradise with fast-growing trees. Skip the big box stores and head to fastgrowingtrees.com, the world's largest online nursery. No more waiting in lines, messy cars, and digging through a lackluster selection. Just go to fastgrowingtrees.com and choose from thousands of varieties of trees, shrubs, and plants expertly curated to thrive in your area and deliver to your door in one or two days. Whether you're looking for shade, private fruit trees, or just added color for your yard, every plant is shipped with a well-developed root system ready to explode with new growth come spring. Now, I am a new homeowner and I'm finding the yard I have is enough to take care of, but I needed houseplants. And Fast Growing Trees has houseplants, gorgeous houseplants, and they are a lot less expensive than whatever pops up in your Instagram feed, and they are super, super healthy. They're gorgeous. There is a better way to buy trees and shrubs and houseplants for your home and yard. Fastgrowingtrees.com. Fall is planting season. Don't let anyone tell you different. Join over 1 million satisfied gardeners at fastgrowingtrees.com. They have a 30-day alive and thrive guarantee, and that means your plants will arrive happy, healthy, and ready for planting. Now through June 30th, go to fastgrowingtrees.com slash friends and get 15% off. That's 15% off at fastgrowingtrees.com slash friends, fastgrowingtrees.com slash friends. This episode is brought to you by AARP. 18 years from tonight, Grant Gill will become a comedy legend when he totally kills it at his improv class's graduation performance. Knees will be slapped. Hilarity will ensue. That's why he's already keeping himself in shape and razor sharp today with wellness tips and tools from AARP to help make sure his health lives as long as he does. Because the younger you are, the more you need AARP. Learn more at aarp.org healthyliving. So the other thought I had about um, your fearlessness and the idea of comedians um, being able to embark on these interviews in part because of the fearlessness you develop over the years of doing stand-up, it made me wonder about the metaphor of like thin skin like and, and thick skin. Is, is that the way that 
one could think of this that you've developed a thick skin? Yeah, I mean, I think that my skin has gotten thicker and thicker every time I got on stage. I mean, the first time I bombed on stage, I truly ran off of the stage. I didn't even finish my set. And then a year later, from the time that I ran off the stage, I was so much more comfortable that when I bombed on stage, I oddly was able to sit in the moment and enjoy how funny it was that I was bombing. And it just is, it's a thickness of skin, but it's also a better understanding of it's kind of who cares. I of course care. I want to do well, but sometimes you don't. And it's, it's just part of it. And, and just letting go of the heaviness and the fear and paranoia. I remember bombing one time in Ireland and being so scared that word would travel to the States and that they would find out that I bombed so horrifically that my career would be over by the time my plane landed. And now I remember bombing in Florida when I was getting ready for one of my specials and I just got off stage and went and sat at a table with um, a couple in the middle of my set (laughs) with my microphone and just said, what do you think is happening? Why do you think I'm not connecting with everybody? And it was, it was a fun moment because I won the audience back because we were all discussing why my show was going so terribly. The best piece of advice I ever got about interviewing was, was along those lines. It was, if there's an obvious thing that's not being said, say it. Like, that's the only way to proceed through an awkward silence or, I guess, an awkward situation. Yeah, always. Your reference to the things you've been through, is that a reference to the cancer um, that puts you actually into a lot of people's spotlight? Yeah, it was, I mean, it was cancer and my mother died unexpectedly. um, And I also had just been hospitalized for a few other illnesses like pneumonia and this intestinal disease that was potentially deadly. And then I went also through a breakup in the middle of it all. And that was uh, in a four month period of time. And it made me uh, feel like I had been pushed to the edge of the world and then yanked back into the world. And so I think that the perspective that I got, that I also continue to lose, is a perspective that I feel a bittersweet luck to have when I can get back in touch with it. Cause you would think that going through certain things, you would never lose the perspective. And I thought that always, and I'm always surprised when I sit in a moment of disbelief that, Oh my gosh, I, I somehow lost that perspective and it's astounding. So about the advice show, why an advice show? Why did you want to do an advice show? Well, um, like I was saying earlier, I do try 
and like to put things out that are hopefully positive. Uh, and I don't feel like I have all of the answers and, and when I don't have, because I do genuinely try and answer people's questions and help people out. But if I find that I'm spinning my wheels, I just let it go to a nonsensical place or, you know, point back to the title, which is don't ask TIG. And that is my get out of jail free card. But I like trying to problem solve (laughs) (laughs) and then bringing in comedian friends or people that I admire or am interested in, fascinated by, why not get some help on the journey? I have, I have to say of all the things I thought you might say, I like to problem solve for some Uh reason was not (laughs) on that list. (laughs) It's just like a very straightforward, and I don't know why not, because it's a very straightforward answer. Someone has a problem. I I like to help fix it. Okay. (laughs) I do. I, my, my, uh, my wife calls me, um, idea head. Uh I call her question head. She does. She has a million questions all the time. And I, I, Obviously, I have questions and she has ideas, but we really fall into those categories together where I I have ideas and she has questions. So you must have felt pretty confident going into it that you would be giving good advice. No, not no? necessarily. Right. No, the titles don't ask Tig. Right. That's your that's your yeah. that's your out. That's your yeah. get jail free card. Uh What surprised you about doing this show, about actually now being in the semi-somewhat ironic profession of giving advice? I guess I've just been surprised that uh, (laughs) that it seems to actually help some people. Um, mm, Yeah, and I guess it surprises me that guests continue to uh, agree to be on the show (laughs) last ad break enjoy with friends like these is brought to you by olipop olipop is a new kind of soda it is actually one of those instant classics a new classic it harkens back to the classic sodas you might have drunk as a kid uh, coca-cola for instance or that orange drink but you know what They don't have corn syrup. They don't have artificial ingredients. They don't taste exactly like what you drank as a kid. They taste better. They taste more grown up. But they do have nostalgic flavors. Vintage cola, classic root beer, orange squeeze, cherry vanilla, and strawberry vanilla. My favorite is lemon ginger. It's super refreshing. It has that crispness of a ginger ale, but again, not so sweet. They use functional ingredients that combine the benefits of prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanicals to support your microbiome and benefit digestive health. 90% of Americans consume more than the USDA's daily recommended added sugar intake. That's 30 grams. Sweetened beverages, like soda, are the leading source of added sugars in the American diet. And Olipop is much, much lower in sugar than conventional sodas. It only has two to five grams, and they're from natural sources, no added sugar. Vintage Cola just has two grams. Orange Squeeze has five grams. That's compared to Orange Fanta, which has 44 grams of sugar. 
All of their products are non-GMO, vegan, paleo, and keto-friendly with less than 8 grams net carbs per can. They are so confident you will love their products, they offer a 100% money-back guarantee for orders placed through their website. We've worked out an exclusive deal for with friends like these podcast listeners. Receive 20% off plus free shipping on their best-selling variety pack. This is a great way to try all the delicious flavors. Go to drinkolipop.com slash friends or use code friends at checkout to claim this deal. That's D-R-I-N-K-O-L-I-P-O-P.com slash friends. The discount is only valid for their variety pack. Olipop can be found at over 3,000 stores across the country, including Whole Foods, Sprouts, Kroger, Wegmans, and Air One. But you're going to want to go online, get that discount, drinkolipop.com slash friends. With Friends Like These is brought to you by Ritual. A woman's journey from pregnancy to postpartum may be challenging and possibly tough to prepare for. Postpartum is one of the most nutritionally demanding stages for many women, and yet it's often one of the most overlooked. After giving birth, mothers may be pulled in every direction, possibly forgetting to prioritize themselves. So... Introducing Ritual's newest member, Essential Postnatal, for the arrival of a mother's new nutrient needs postpartum. Now, I don't take the postpartum uh, vitamins, but I do take Ritual every morning. Uh, Ritual is part of my ritual. It makes me happy. They're little yellow sunshine tablets. They smell minty fresh. And I happen to know that my other drugs, the you know ones my doctor prescribed, actually work better if I have all the nutrients that I need. So, Ritual like I said, is part of my ritual. Essential postpartum is vegan-friendly, non-GMO, sugar-free, free of major allergens, and formulated without artificial colors or preservatives. We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why. Backed by the first visible supply chain of its kind, you'll know what nutrients your multivitamin is made of and where they come from. A mother doesn't always put her needs first, but Ritual does. That's why we're offering my listeners 10% off during the first three months. Visit ritual.com slash friends to start essential postnatal today. I was thinking about it and I think everyone or I think a large majority of people think they give good advice. Like there are very few people that are like, oh, I'm terrible at advice, right? So I'm not actually that surprised that someone would be willing to go on this show because I think everyone thinks there's at least one area where they're like, no, I can... But there's so many people that show up to the show that are like, oh, my God, I'm terrible at this. Really? Yeah. yeah. And and there are some people that come on the show where I'm just like, it's embarrassing that I'm even having a slightly ironic advice show because they're so good at giving advice, giving advice. Like Glennon Doyle, I know you had on the show. Yeah, and Aisha Tyler. I don't know if you heard her episode. Man, Aisha Tyler. I I I felt like just unplugging my mic and just yeah. Stephen Colbert. Oh, he's like he's actually like Saint Stephen. I think Um, his uh, yeah, a good person, a good person in the world, also hysterically funny. Right on all counts, I associate myself with the comments from the gentle lady from Mississippi. My first instinct there is just don't call it off and just say, let's, let's zoom in for the dessert course or something like that. Let's, Ooh, that's you know good. I mean? Like let's maybe mm-hmm. we zoom in for cocktails at the beginning or whatever mm-hmm. you do beforehand, like the cooking and what are you having? 
And, oh, that pie looks fantastic. And you have the best gravy. And I wish I could be. I can almost smell it. Exactly. How about that? Say that kind of thing, Stephen. You were talking um, with someone and about how great your life is these days. Uh, I I think it was pre-pandemic interview. So maybe caveat that, that you're living a life beyond your wildest dreams, right? Like this is not what you thought would happen. It's better. I guess you've, you've already kind of shown me the answer to this question, but I was wondering how that's affected your work. Like there is, I think, you know, some people might think that comedy comes from pain, right? Um, Clearly, I don't think, I don't think that's necessarily true, but I wonder what your experience has been as a comedian living an amazing life. Well, I don't, I know, I mean, comedy can come from anywhere. Uh, You know, I I think that it can come from pain. It can come from um, utter non, you you know, I I was going to say slipping on a banana, but that's ultimately painful. (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I, it's not like I am so happy or successful that all of the joy is out of my life uh, or the comedy is out of my life. It's, um, I feel like I'm a better comedian. I feel like I'm a better, um, uh, observer, uh, observer of life and, um, and hopefully participant and all of that. And I think that is key is being a participant in life more so than being miserable. I think that participating is what creates comedy. And that's why having a job and a relationship and having kids, all of those sorts of participations create experiences to draw from, whether it's comedy or, or, or storytelling. And, and so as long as I'm participating in life, I feel like I have something to say. I don't need to be you know, strung out or drunk or miserable or um, anything like that, fighting, um, whatever darkness feeds people or that people think comedy is born from. I just don't, I don't connect to it. I never felt like when I was coming up as a comedian that I needed to force myself to struggle or pay dues in a way that would make any sort of success make sense. I, I always want to be comfortable and happy. And I've always kind of been on that path of trying to, even down to, I always say walking into a room and it probably has to do with having a bad back, but walking into any room, I'm always looking for the most comfortable place to sit. That's the first thing <laughs> that I look for. I, I scope out where can I go sit down comfortably uh, before I look at anything else. And then the next in line is, do they have snacks? <laughs> you know what? That seems like good life advice, actually. Yeah. Get a comfortable seat, check to see if they have snacks and then chat then observe. But I need to make sure those two things are, in fact, my character in, uh, on Star Trek, they've very, um, <laughs> just, it really amuses me, but they, they incorporate a lot of snacks into <laughs> my character. I, I eat chips and salsa and I eat licorice and 
Um, so I really enjoy that they've incorporated that into my character. I was delighted to see you pop up on that show when I first started watching it. I was, it was fun. It was like, oh, there she is. Um, and that actually brings me to the question I wanted to ask. Uh, what more do you want to do? I, you know what I, I always tell people is I really want to maintain what I have. Uh, I'm not a comedian that is, um, I mean, I've, I sold out Carnegie Hall and I've traveled the world, um, but I'm not thinking now I have to sell out a baseball stadium or now I need to have um, an Oscar or I really don't feel like that. I feel genuinely like I want to, as I was saying, participate in a way that will create new material and be able to express it. I do like to have the success that I have and I want to maintain that. And I want to maintain the success that I've had in my personal life. That's really a number one for me. And I want to maintain my health. I want to maintain my career, my my friends, family, all of that. If my life continued the way it's going and didn't even raise a hair in in success or income, I, I'm fine. I am perfectly happy. I wanna I wanna maintain it. We've come up, there's like so many good places where we can wrap this, like a couple of places that have happened. Uh, as a comedian, you end things really neatly. I appreciate that. But I actually just couldn't let this interview end without asking you if you have any advice for me. Do I have advice for you? I mean, I obviously don't know you uh, very well, except for right now. But this is my favorite um, advice to give to anyone and everyone. And it's something that I read once that I tweaked slightly so that it kind of applies to everyone always. And it's to, um, God, now I'm forgetting. (laughs) You Um, can Google it if you want. And we're going to edit this. So like, it's not, it's, yeah. Um, it is, oh my gosh, I can't even believe it. I tell people this all the time because people ask all the time about advice and it is to, (laughs) (laughs) um, I've stumped you. No, uh, it's, um, basically the idea is to, if, if you're living your freest life and doing exactly what you want to do, then you're freeing everybody around you. Nobody will worry about you. Nobody will be concerned and trapped in their life, worried about your mental or physical state or your financial state or any, your heart, your soul. If you are taking care of yourself and living the best life you can live, then everybody around you is free. Tig? Thank you so much for coming on my show. Thank you so much for having me. And I really don't think I can put it any better. 
This show is a production of Crooked Media. It is produced by Allison Herrera with assistance from Izzy Margulies. This episode was engineered by Louis Lino. I owe Whitney Pastrick some Wally Bucks. Take care of yourselves. As a chef and a restaurant owner, I'm as meticulous about my cookware as I am about my ingredients. That's why I love Made in Cookware. Each pan they make isn't just designed to perform, it's crafted to last. As a mom, I love that I can trust Made in. It's made from the world's finest materials, so I can feel good about what I'm feeding my family. I'm Chef Brooke Williamson, and I use Made in Cookware. Shop chef-quality pots and pans at madeincookware.com.